You're listening to the Sexy Vampire Teeth Podcast. Enjoy the show. Hello, Joe. Hello, Matt. How are you, man? Pretty good. How are you doing? Good, man. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. No, man. I'm glad you came on. I'm excited about this. Well, it's February, Matt, and February is popular for two things. That is Valentine's Day and Black History Month. And we're going to be talking about fucking neither of those things. <laughs> body horror movies, which in particularly one, 1986's The Fly by David Cronenberg. Just real quick, uh, before we even get into the movie, and tell the people how you know me. So, uh, geez, this is always a point of we're not real sure when we met, because apparently we met before we could even remember. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think we, we met uh, running track. We had met at that track meetup for, uh, before high school, and we, we had those fun plans to say, like, hey, we're going to be really awesome at this. We're going to wake up real early Saturday morning and go running together. And I think we ran a quarter way down the block before we said, Yo, do you want to just go home and play video games? Yeah, and the love blossomed from there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it was in high school, to be fair. I don't want people to think we started doing track like five years ago or something. Like <laughs> so we've been friends for quite some time now. Um, I don't want to age myself, but it's been multiple decades. Yeah, so The Fly. Obviously a movie that you and I have seen a thousand times before. I've seen this movie as a kid. My mom introduced me to this movie when I was like eight or nine or something like that. Uh, and I know you've seen it quite a bit, obviously, because we've talked about this movie uh, in our decades of friendship. So for those of you who have not seen The Fly, uh, A, you should see The Fly. It's fucking amazing. But uh, I'll give you just a brief, brief summary of the movie, and then we'll kind of talk more about it. The Fly is directed by David Cronenberg, who's kind of the master of body horror. Scott. Also the Baron of Blood yeah. and the King of Venereal Horror, <laughs> one of his many titles. Yeah, yeah, so he's... Uh, he directed this movie. We got um, Jeff Goldblum in it as Seth and Gina Davis as Veronica. They're like our two main characters and kind of our only characters, really. Uh, Seth is a scientist who's trying to create a um, teleportation device, and he does successfully uh, create this thing. But there's an issue, obviously, because it wouldn't be a movie without some kind of malfunction. A fly gets in the machine. And it kind of, uh, there's some cross, well, cross genetic uh, splicing, rather, with, uh, with the fly. And then we get uh, the breakdown of this character, basically becoming a monster. And there's obviously a lot more to it, but that's the that's the back of the VHS cover, if you will. So we'll talk about the movie a little bit more, like, you know, in detail. But all in all, like, what are your thoughts on The Fly, just to start off this uh, podcast? I think that having watched it so many times over the decades, I feel like I find something different in it each time I watch it. You know, I feel like it has many layers. There's a lot of depth to this, you know, is uh, in terms of just the visuals, the, yeah. the symbolism, the relationships. I mean, it's really such a character-driven story where yeah. at the same time, there's some stunning visuals. It, it's really got, like, everything. I think it's a fantastic movie. Yeah. Oh, no, it does. And it's got a lot of emotion, too. Um, I find mm. it more emotional, like, as I watch it later on in life. As a kid, I'm like, oh, it's just a cool monster movie of sorts. But with age and viewings, I, I see it completely different, too. Um, and I think that is, like, one of the beautiful things about the movie. It's ca You're right. It's character-driven. We only got two characters, basically. Like, there's another kind of main character, right? Like, the ex-husband. But other than that, it's just really these two people in a fucking room, for the most part. Like, how yeah, many it shots almost feels like a play. Yeah. 
how many shots of this movie are not in his room? You know what I mean? It's 90% mm-hmm. of the movies in that room. Your bungalow, whatever you want to call it. Warehouse. Yeah. Yeah. The, the Seth house. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I, I do think that, um, you know, giving Steph as his, uh, I think he is an important character in the in creating this kind of triangle, you know, because I, I really think that, you know, as we'll get into, he, he has an arc in everything, you know, I think that. The ex-husband, his, his, right, you're talking about. Yeah, I yeah. think he's an ex. Is it? Were they married? I got the impression they were. I think at one point they talked okay. about like signing papers or something like that. I, I could be. Oh wrong. wow! Yeah. Okay. I could be wrong. I don't know. I never really saw it, so I, <laughs> I'm just gonna. I'm <laughs> going on a Wikipedia to... article. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, um, at what point does the English robot lady come? I thought that I was going to be doing the podcast with her. <laughs> her? Yeah. This. Uh, all right. I didn't <laughs> she, sign she, up for she, this. She, but... <laughs> she's busy. She's busy right now. <laughs> Yeah, but um, I, well, I think one of the interesting things I noticed at the beginning of the movie is, you know, it's produced by Brooks Films, and I have to say it's up there with one of my favorite Mel Brooks movies. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> you know, from the people that brought you Spaceballs and Men in Tights. We... <laughs> yeah, a Shakespearean monster movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, the movie does start off fairly quick. And seeing, like, I watched it again recently, obviously, because we were going to talk about it. Um, not that I really had to, because I've seen like a thousand times, but yeah. obviously I did. And I'm, I, I was kind of like, oh, I didn't realize the movie just starts so fast, you know, like with them just with uh, the two main characters, uh, Seth and Veronica, just talking about what's going on, like right away. You know, there's not like a lot of like build up. It they just go right into uh, the fair or whatever. It's like a fair or some kind of like um, expo or right. yeah. yeah, some shit like that. Yeah. And he's talking yeah, about and the she's device. there, I guess, to on behalf of uh, the magazine to interview scientists and just get a story. Yeah, she's a journalist. And uh, they were dating at the time because uh, they did a bunch of movies together around this time period. And they were married like very shortly after this movie came out. So there's the chemistry in real life, too, which I think does translate. I think it always matters when there's like a genuine, like a genuine chemistry between people. I think it shows, you know, there's a couple examples of that that like we could list, you know, you and I. Yeah, definitely is. Uh, you can see there's a connection between the two of them. And even in that initial encounter at that uh, museum type thing, you can just tell that there's chemistry between them. But just it's so amazing how um, Jeff Goldblum's just mannerisms and, and just the way he walks and moves. It's just he's so charismatic from yes. like the first beat of the movie. You know, he he demands your attention in a very subtle way. Right. And that was kind of the point of that character, right? He's a scientist. He's not like he's a little bit socially awkward. Well, he's a lot socially awkward, really. Um, Yeah, he's he's, he is a very charming character. I mean, so is she, too, obviously. But, you know. So at that scene, what do you think his intentions are? Because I have some insights into this. Uh, When he's talking to her? Like, what do you? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, we, we obviously find out very quickly that he's not really ready to tell everybody about this. You know? Yeah. So it's not like he, exactly. he's not like he was trying to get her in there simply for a story, you know, because um, he didn't want that coming out. Right. So, yeah, I assumed like very simply his intentions were to just sort of impress a girl, you know, like he's a pretty exactly. girl. Exactly. That like what's the reasoning for most guys doing these big things? It's to impress a girl. Right. Like <laughs> that's like our goal in life. So, you know, men care about things. To show girls, <laughs> like you know, here's the thing I made. Do you like it? <laughs> so, and I and I feel like that was kind of the whole point of, of him 
talking to her about this. And, and, and like, how does he doesn't know how to flirt, right? This is all he knows is, like, science and shit, right? That was his way of flirting, I suppose. Yeah, I, I completely agree, is that it, this isn't about him wanting to be famous or show off his invention. He sees this girl, he he's immediately attracted to her, yeah. and he's like, he pulls out his only trick in his bag to be like, hey, I've got this amazing thing, but you got to come back to my place to see it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he wasn't a stupid man. He built a gigantic machine, so he can't move it anywhere. <laughs> I'm not compensating. I just want you to come in. <laughs> so, well, it works, obviously. She goes back to his place. Um, she is just sort of in the mindset of, you know, because she's recording it, right? And he's kind of like, what are you doing? She's like, my fucking job. You know, she she's trying to find out what this is all about for her story. And obviously, he's more than happy to show her because it's, they want to show the audience, right? It's like an excuse for us to see what's going on. I always, like, thought it was funny because, like, right, what happens? He asks her for a piece of jewelry, but she doesn't have any because he wants to take something from her that's personal and put it in the machine and show her what it does. He wants to show her. Yeah, like a street magician. Exactly, 100%. So it, he's very much like a magician. There's even a joke about it in the movie. He takes her stocking, right? And I'm like, this would have been a totally different movie if that's what got stuck in the machine. <laughs> it was like a stocking monster. <laughs> yeah, like permanently, if he and the stocking were in there and he's like permanently a bank robber now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm part of this now. <laughs> the Brendel burglar. <laughs> when he takes the stocking from her, he's so like awkward how he like takes oh, it yeah. i thought he was gonna sniff it <laughs> yeah oh yeah he's like he touches it he's like that's nice <laughs> <laughs> he, he brings so much comedy into the movie throughout the entire movie oh yeah you know up until like pretty much the latter half of the third act you know yeah. is that his manners everything about him man it just cracks me up yeah so you know they um like you said before like it's it's so character driven and like in this opening scene, because I kind of consider, like, the expo slash this part, right? Like, the introduction to the machine as, like, one big opening scene. And, like, those character that the characters' personalities are so well established with just the back and forth. Like, it doesn't really matter, like, what's going on. Like, you get a sense of their personalities, like, right away. And how well they, like, bounce off each other with those personalities, too. Yeah, and certainly they, they do an excellent job. I mean... These performances are fantastic, especially Gina Davis going into the third act. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to revisit this a lot, but like she yeah, was yeah. just outstanding in this. He's outstanding. They really, I, I don't think the movie would be nearly as, I mean, there are a lot of different people that were considered for this role, for these roles with both of them. Yeah. I, I think that they struck gold here. Oh, big time. Yeah. Liz, this movie is lightning in a bottle. You know, like, like we mentioned before, um, he doesn't really want anyone to know about this yet because he's still in the middle of testing it, right? Like he's using inanimate objects and stuff like that, but he hasn't moved on to it like a a life form trial. I don't say human trial, but like some kind of life form, right? Like a, like a person or an animal or whatever. He hasn't done that yet. He wants her to wait, you know? She's, I mean, she seems willing to do it, you know? she's not. She doesn't seem like a cutthroat kind of journalist where she's like, no, fuck this, I'm going to have a story. But like her boss is, yeah. you know? And she clearly like had some kind of thing for him, you know? Uh, that she a went back to his place and you know because she could have like <laughs> could have gone really badly, but also that yeah she she basically like she earns his trust you know she lets him like have his secret and continues to like you know explore it with him because she you know she starts going back to the place and helping him record you know doing what she knows how to do right like all right I'll help you set up you know um, a device to record with your your studies and stuff like that and yeah uh, and I still think that a lot of that is his attraction to her you know because yeah. the things he was saying when he's uh burger place 
um, like pitching her on the idea. <laughs> the burger place, the most eighties restaurant in all of a, in all of America. The most Canadian eighties. <laughs> it just it feels yeah. <laughs> but um, it's like a rolling road. Just little things like when he's like when he, just his mannerisms again. When he, when he's uh, saying the title of her book or whatever with the French fry, he's like dotting each line. But yeah. when he says specifically. You know, can you wait for me that long? He's fr- I mean, that's something you say in a romantic sense. You know, yeah. like I'm going off to war. Sure. Will you wait for me? In his mind, that's you know, she's the thing he's after. Right. And that's I think that's why it's easy. She she happens to be trustworthy, but I don't I don't think I think his desire for her is the thing that really makes him open up to her. That that he's like, well, what can I give her to make her love me? You know, yeah. type of thing. But he does romanticize science, too. I mean, like, he cares a lot about this experiment, you know. And there is, like, you know, you you have the juxtaposition between, like, well, he loves her, but he loves what he's doing, too. And, like, you know, later on, like, he tries to meld the two together, you know, uh, in, in insanity, you know. Truly. Oh, yeah. You know, but, like, he does romanticize what he does That's an excellent well. point. Yeah. yeah. I mean, um, they, they mentioned that he's been a genius since his, you know, he was 20. He uh, he was on a group that like uh, uh, almost won the Nobel Prize. I mean, so he's been doing this for quite a while, just always on the brink of greatness in his mind. And it's funny because, you know, they don't even really need to explain that to us. I think that he does a great job of just coming across that way from his mannerisms, from the way he speaks, the way he describes things to people. I think you just know, like, yeah, this guy's beyond brilliant, you know, Um Mm-hmm. He, he he definitely he nails that character very well it's like really one of the kind of characters he was like born to play like an eccentric genius like in jurassic park you know yeah and i, I want to get to that as well it reminds me almost like of a modern you know of elon musk in yeah, our time yeah, you're yeah. coming up with all of these ideas but he's not going to be the guy that's, that's to do point. it he doesn't design the rocket ship but he he's the visionary yeah, and he says that too. He's like, I just tell these people to make it, and then they make yeah. it. He gets humble and, about it. Yeah, in, in the beginning too, you know. Yeah, I mean, there's a combi- there's a definitely a combination of humility, but also, you know, I feel like what you mentioned about Jurassic Park is that his character he plays there, Ian Malcolm, would suffer on him the same criticisms that he did the scientists at Jurassic Park. You know that there there's so many great lines that I feel like he could be criticizing uh brundle when he says the lack of humility before nature genetic power is the most awesome force the world has ever seen but you wield it like a kid who has found found his dad's gun like i i I just i think it's there is an idea that he doesn't really understand the power he's wielding which which is a tragedy of the character obviously you know yes it's like the it's the closest thing to like a greek tragedy in a monster movie that like you'll ever see definitely shakespearean yeah, yeah for sure um don't undermine me (laughs) <laughs> dude, Matt, Matt, do not fuck this up! I swear to God. <laughs> How did I undermine you? <laughs> Wait, did I did I try to call you out in some way? No, 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 no. I was like Greek, and you're like yeah, Shakespearean. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't even catch that. Edit <laughs> that. <laughs> cut that part out. All right, no problem. Yeah, cut that, yeah, I'm just, I'm just um, what I do. So, yeah. So, um, 
he he winds up doing an experiment, right? And uh, it's a stocking, and then whatever. Like we get to see what it does, and then he moves on to a fucking baboon. Like uh, he got a baboon, and it's a strange thing that that's what he got. Couldn't like, yeah, where, like where are you getting baboons? <laughs> right, and he had two of them. <laughs> and, and and he said like I can't send living things when he's in the restaurant. That he's like, oh, it gets gross, and he's like, you know, some bad things happen. And he's like, worse than this burger, you know. And like, yeah. so I think he's tried and failed living things before. Yeah. So I mean, like. The question is, number one, how many baboons has he fucking microwaved? Well, <laughs> and, right. He, he, he owns two, two of them. Who keeps selling him baboons? <laughs> he goes to the store and they're like... <laughs> what <and> irresponsible <laughs> pet shop owner is like, yeah, I've got like a dozen of them. Because yeah. <laughs> he, like, he had to go back for the second one and they're like, what happened to the other one? He's like, well, I mean... <laughs> Yeah, uh, he's lonely. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> uh, yeah, if we get through this entire podcast without Jeff Goble impressions, I think we're pretty pretty above the rest. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't think that's gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, <no. laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, he he got yeah, he motherfucker got two baboons. Uh, he puts the first one through, and it's a mess. And that's actually, I think, um, like the first like effect, basically this first special effect. His movie is all about special effects, obviously. Um, yeah, it's really amazing because that this entire first act up to the like the thirty five minute mark which we're going to hit there's like that's the only thing in there it's like a pure just science conversation dialogue driven movie yeah. it's like a sci-fi movie up to up to that point oh but it catches your in- amazingly yeah. yeah yeah you don't you know but now we're getting into like the creature effect portion of the movie right which which Carberg yeah. is known for so well you know now obviously you know because it's been out for forever and, and he's known more now than he was back then but you know now going into it what you're expecting so um that's the first thing we get and it's like this inside out mangled mess right like it's pretty fucking intense um it's awful that it's still alive yes that's like the horrific part about it it's like inside out and suffering and squeal like yeah it's yeah it's really really well you <laughs> yeah you mentioned before about like oh he's he's done experiments before you know um I, I i there were scenes put in the movie where he like experimented on a cat it's like kind of a famous scene i think um, yeah, and there's like this like creature effect that they don't have in the movie, obviously, but the test audience didn't like it, so it was like kind of thrown out of the theatrical. Yeah, he, I think what he did was he spliced like the baboon yes. and the cat, yes. and then he he literally kills it on screen like violently, yeah. and nobody liked that. Yeah. No, and it, it was just yeah, yeah, it makes him not likable, which is kind of you don't want that to happen because you need to like him to an extent for the effects of the finale to kind of work, right? So I think that was, like, the main reason, if I'm not mistaken. They were just like, yeah, it makes him, like, kind of like a monster. Like, right, too too much like Dr. Frankenstein and not, like, a misunderstood sort of, you know, scientist who's just... Yeah. You know, he, he doesn't have, like... He's not malicious. He's just, like, determined, you know, to a fault. Right, right. So, and I think he's that, not doing... Yeah. yeah, he's not doing arbitrary experimentation, like, splicing baboons and cats, you know? Like, it's he's yeah. purposeful. He, he has a mission ahead of him, yeah. Right, and, and there's, like... There's, like, you know, he feels bad about it, and he talks to the second one that he has <laughs> about it. Yeah. You know, what's funny is um the, the baboon... The actor. <laughs> Just so you know, there was only one of them. They didn't actually have to kill off any baboons. No baboons were harmed in the making of this film. It was apparently like really, really like an asshole, like very aggressive. But um, because Jeff Goldblum was in such, he's so tall and he was in great shape. It like immediately took to him as like the alpha, which is why like they hadn't planned on all those scenes where it's like jumping up into his arms and stuff like that. Oh really? But it just yeah, and that's why that plays. It's not. It wasn't an extremely well trained baboon. It just 
like took to him like an alpha. And the, the chemistry between him and the, and the monkey was fantastic. I don't know if it's a monkey or an ape. Yeah. <laughs> what I really loved was like, uh, I don't know if like you got this impression from it or found it like as funny as I did. But so like we were saying, like she kind of, uh, the relationship develops obviously between the two of them. Uh, that's a big point of the movie. We already kind of mentioned that it was. But, you know, she's recording him, uh, you know, talk about like his trials and stuff with this uh teleportation device you know so we're getting like the little like uh recorded vhs you know uh tapes being played for us right like uh of what he has to say about whatever you know portion of the experiment he was doing and when he was like standing there like talking about the baboon she's like tell me what happened it's like she was like scolding a child he's like turn it inside out yeah she's like what turn it inside out there was a lot of the vibe that what she becomes attracted to in him isn't how brilliant he is or the way he looks it's his vulnerability that i think that she there's there's a weird dynamic that she kind of like mothers him in a lot of scenes you know 100 yeah yeah and i felt like that was like tell me what you're thinking and tell me use your words you know like (laughs) exactly like even when she's like cutting the bristles off his back later on like she has a Mm -hmm. lot of motherly qualities uh, for a his... lot of it like yeah. there's a ton of it throughout. yeah i don't and... know if that's like a subtle supposed to be a subtle thing or so, like subconscious on the, the part of the the creators or like if it's supposed to be there i don't, I don't really know like let me kiss it like when he when he cuts his back which yeah. is symbolic of the technology injuring him but um yep. she she's like oh let me kiss it and make it better oh i just could eat you up there's like it's almost like all right you know like <laughs> like i get it like yeah. I think that transitioned towards the flesh conversation, but at the same time, it was a little creepy. Yeah, a little bit. Well, yeah, like, th- this is basically the point where they, they wound up taking it to a physical level, like, right mm. at that point, basically. And uh, yes. <laughs> a la 80s horror movies, where it's just like, snap your finger and they're fucking. Yeah. They're like American uh, Werewolf in London. Like, they're just like, one minute they're like, you know, hanging out, and then they're fucking... Doing it in the shower. So they, they, they want to just bring this relationship up to, you know, physical right away, very quickly. And, uh, yeah, you, you, like you just said, like, he gets cut from a computer chip in the bed. It cuts his back, which is kind of important because um, later yeah, on. Yeah, I feel like that furthered the plot, but there was there's a lot of different points to it, like, to show, you know, he's chaotic. There's a computer chip in his bed. Okay, sure. But yeah. the fact technology harming him. But then also that sets up, like, it, that wound becomes a plot device. You know, to tell the story through. Yeah, he ha- he he decides to finally go in it, right? And, and and it's that 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 mindset that like every like ultra like ambitious sort of scientist, right? They they decide to take that plunge. At yeah, that you, you think back to uh, Jonas Salk, who uh, to prove the polio vaccine infected himself with polio. Right. Uh, the guy that the Australian doctor that discovered the uh, H. pylori uh, causing ulcers basically gave himself an ulcer and then cured it, won a Nobel Prize. You know, these are the types of things that... He takes that extra step, right? Like, he, he just takes the plunge. And, yeah. um, you know, like, like where else could he go from here? He's not going to be able to volunteer somebody. Maybe he doesn't want to you know, be responsible for hurting someone else, right? He, he wants to take this plunge himself for, I'm sure, many reasons. So he does. He goes into the machine... He teleports himself to the other side and, you know, just like the more like, you know, uh, outrageous sci-fi moment of this, right? Is the fly gets stuck in the machine and then it splices with him genetically. That's basically like your, you know, that's the main uh, driving point to, you know, the movie, right? 
that's the title. So that um, that happens at that point. And, you know, the effects don't happen right away. They happen gradually. And that's sort of the brilliant part of the movie, right? Watching him. Yeah, that's just... the nature of genetic. You know, anything genetic, if he comes out, he's not going to come out the other side that splice. It's his, his, the genetics were combined. So now anything that's growing and as he shed skin cells and re- would, would remake them, they're going to be made with a new code, which is why I think, you know, the wound on the back is the first place where we're seeing it manifest because that's where like the most of his rebuilding is immediately right, happening. Because that's, that's, yeah, it's, it's in the middle of healing and it's healing the wrong way. It's really brilliantly written. Like I, I gotta give so much credit to uh, Cronenberg because I understand it was originally written and then he came and did some major rewrites to it. Yeah. I mean, well, it, it, it's, it's, uh, it should be fair to say that this is a remake of an old movie from 1958 by the same title. And it's a similar story. Um, but it's more that that's more of like a fifty. Oh, you're sci- talking about the the one with the the old lady swallowed the fly and then she ate a horse or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the <laughs> that's the one. Um, yeah, the one with uh, Vincent Price and uh, right. that plays up the sci-fi, well, the B mm-hmm. sci-fi horror movie aspect, right? Yeah, that was popular back then. This, you know, being more of a modern take, well, modern, you know, at the time, obviously. Yeah, I think um, it was based on like a short story from like Playboy magazine, and then. <laughs> Around the, the same Price, time as the original, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, it's one of those things where you could say this is a remake as much as the thing is a remake of the thing. Like, yes, it's it's like, right. you took yeah. The, you took this, the, comp- this, the story is there, but the execution is completely different. Yeah. The tone is yeah. different. The emotions are different. And, and that and makes it. And how it all it. plays out, yeah. Right. And which is, you know, we, we did that... Um, you and I did that this Halloween, uh, mm-hmm. right? We watched the original and, and the uh, the remake and talked about that kind of all night. And, you know, it's funny what you could do is like with the same story, you know, and totally different, you know, time time periods where, you know, movies are always sort of affected by what's going on in the world at the time, right? So they're going to be very different in terms of what they focus on uh theatrically and so this is a great example of it like you know if you watch both these movies if anyone's like a huge fan of this movie just see the original one too because it's a good movie but it's very different you know it's it's very much of the time you know where like you know sci-fi was huge in horror back in the 50s right because of like you know atomic testing and stuff like that like what were the fears Mm -hmm. in the world well the fears in the world in the 80s were fucking aids and stuff like that right so disease yeah disease right so you know this is sort of what they focus on with the horror aspect obviously the relationships are just way more developed than you know most horror movies in general but you know you know an aside that uh i I noticed when when he goes to the closet and there's the the bit about how he has you know five of the same suit that he learned from einstein so didn't have to devote any thought (laughs) yeah to like what to wear two things one i was like that's genius so i did it for many years So like with work clothes, I just bought like I was like I found a pair of pants I like I buy five of them and five of the same shirt and I was like cool I'm set yeah then I found out that's complete bullshit it didn't Einstein didn't wear the same thing all the time in fact like his wife was like really big into fashion and made him wear like the most recent fashions and like nice. if you think about it he, he uh, there was an invention made in his time that he absolutely loved called the sweatshirt I and mean, he, he was like it was one of his favorite things right, right. so you often see him wearing that princeton sweatshirts and stuff like that yeah everything we know about einstein's bullshit yeah i know right <laughs> it's nonsense and everything i learned about flies i learned from this fucking movie and i like <laughs> i don't know where the <laughs> where the the, the the stuff came from in here you know it's like the bare bones of like fly knowledge right it doesn't matter at, at all 
I don't know if they actually did like a lot of research and I'm just like being silly about it, but like how come every time someone like gets spliced with a, like a bug or whatever, like they're super strong, right? Like it's like such a Spider-Man moment where he's like jumping around and doing like flips. He's like all like shredded and shit, you know? Yeah, that was an amazing body double use there. You could hardly tell it was a different person. It was a gymnast. Do Oh, doing like yeah, the do- stuff on the chair and whatnot. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It was a complete, and, and I mean, consider it's 86. I mean, they didn't have the, the deep fake technology we do with uh, Luke Skywalker, you know. Um, it was, yeah, that was a, another guy entirely. That's why it was like the lighting and everything was done so fina- you know, fantastically. It was just really oh, okay. well done. Pro- yeah. pro- probably someone, I'm assuming there was also a body double for when he was like running up the stairs with that woman too. Yeah, his name is uh, uh, Beth Goldblum. No. <laughs> <laughs> nice. He got two paychecks that day. <laughs> Came in there with a mustache, huh? <laughs> so, so our fly is like super great at like gymnastics and awesome at sex. Is that where a Spanish fly comes from? Like, I don't. <laughs> like, why does he just fucks all day? I'm like, wow. Where is it? So, my fly knowledge came from this like, movie. I thought flies, flies are fucking awesome. Are, <laughs> yeah. Flies are intent on ruining vaginas. Yeah, <laughs> oh, just crushed. She's like, I'm so tired. He's like, I want more. And I'm like, damn, flies are fucking cool. <laughs> and assholes, apparently. I mean. <laughs> like, I, mean, I didn't notice that part. <laughs> what? He said, like, saying he fucked her in the ass. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I said they're, they're, <laughs> that he's also an asshole. I'm like, wait, oh, I saw the unedited version. <laughs> oh, you didn't get that one, huh? <laughs> I was like, man, that might be watching the edited version. Yeah, yeah. The unedited <laughs> version is like 90% ass fucking. It's, <laughs> it's worth seeing one. So it's like. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we start to see his physical transformations. You know, um, it manifests first in his like what acne. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the typical fly acne. You know? yeah. <laughs> and like he's like super manic. You know, and it's not like he's just become better because you were saying about like he's jumping around like these feats of strength. But if you think about it, I, I think it's like supposed to be like erratic physical behavior because it's like wow, he does all of these things. But why? It's not like he's like being super productive to move something around or when he's in the coffee shop and he's on this manic rant. Yeah. She talks like she's sitting across the table and says something. He's like, what? Like you can't even hear her. Like he's not functioning optimally. He's just firing on all cylinders in any, any possible direction. Like a little kid on a sugar high. Like he's running. Or like, or like a fly, like a jackass that you can't get it out of your house, you know? Right. <laughs> yeah. Just right. Like in a way, right. He's like just buzzing around like, like, like crazily. Yeah. Yeah. Like he, he does have feats of strength, obviously that a person doesn't have because when he goes into that arm wrestling contest at the bar, he fucking snaps that guy's arm off, you know? Yeah. That, in that scene too, like, I think there was a lot of, uh, you know what he was manifesting as the flies what was that weird like juice that was on the hand didn't you know what i'm talking about when he's arm wrestling him and he's like you see like white fluid start to like sweat out of the hand it like he like secretes something i don't know if it's supposed to be like i took it as like it was an adhesive that came out like how he was climbing the walls later on oh, that just yeah, that, that, could be that kept him from getting away from him oh, okay because the guy was like panicking and he would have been like that's it man yeah okay he could have just got up right or like pushed him off but he like if he, that said he had his hand like it was either yeah, com- that coming off or that, that was it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and in that scene, I think the reason the girl went with him is like there's another element of like the insect thing. I think the idea that he lets off like pheromones, you know, is that yeah. he might be genetically producing that. She's like, because she's like, what am I, hooker? And then two seconds later, she's like, I guess I'm going. Because he, he, he loses his mind to the point where like uh, Veronica, is, uh, she's just sort of like done with him for the time, you know? Um, and he goes off and he starts doing his own thing. And, um, 
You know, I just want to mention real quick, because I, I don't know when I could like really talk about this the music in this movie is fucking awesome yes the the score is Absolutely. amazing and it's howard shore who did this mm-hmm. that's right from lord of the rings um because that's what he's best known for now you you know we were talking before about every watch you kind of appreciate something a little bit more about this movie or see it in a better way or different way i feel like i kind of really heard the music in this uh kind of for the first time the last viewing like i really like there's things about the score and like when it hits and what music hits at certain points that like hit me more now yeah. for whatever reason. And I thought it was it's really great. a very quiet musical movie. You know, the music is not a big part of the movie, but it's no. used so well yeah. when it does come in. You know, especially like, towards the see, end. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like when he's having yeah the like in the act three with the insect politics conversation when you just see it like that yeah. that and it's all orchestral. You know, um, you know that you expect the eighty synth to come up when you see that like kind of. Uh, the fly logo with the like neon kind of coloring. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. From start to finish, I think the only non like uh, instrumental is in the bar. I think there's a story behind that song, but I don't remember exactly. Like it was uh-huh. originally scored for the movie. I, I don't know. Someone, someone look it up. <laughs> yeah, it, we we talked about before how he that wound on his back and like the the basically like the the fibers like the hairs come out of that. Um, when she cuts them off, you know, to like groom him or whatever, and this is a very motherly kind of scene, Veronica does take them to get tested because she's concerned about his behavior and the way he's acting. And it's kind of starting to look a little strange, right? Because he's not just because it's acne, I guess, but it, you could tell there's something wrong with him. Um, yeah. And she gets a test and like, you know, we get our exposition scene where he's, she's like, yeah, it's uh, it's fly DNA, you know, um, so or insect or whatever. And then he figures out it's a fly. I think that's like the big silly like sci-fi part, <laughs> you know. I love when he's he's like, "What is secondary?" He's talking to the computer. Yeah. What is secondary element? And if the computer's like, "Secondary element is not Brundle." It's like, "All right, Dick." <laughs> <laughs> it was the character that we didn't really get to know that well, but she sounded fantastic. <laughs> the computer's like, "I'm like, all right, all right, buddy." It's like a real monkey paw answer, you know? <laughs> this is basically the part of the movie, right? Like, I guess, look at the third act where he just starts breaking down physically um, and becoming a fly monster of sorts. Yeah, we, we get a lot of creature effects now. We get a lot of special effects. Um, it's important to note that this movie won an Academy Award for its special effects, which was a very unheard of thing for a horror movie, like winning an award like this. But they are fucking fantastic. They hold up now, you know, for being whatever, like almost 40 years old. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you evaluate like this transition he's gone through, the biggest criticisms people came up with, I think, are always like, oh, you know, in his final stage, he just looks like lumpy. I'm like, yeah, because he's like a cocoon at that point. Yeah, that's the idea is like. It does. He, it's like it doesn't look like he's turning into anything. It's like it's not because he's turning into anything. He's he's undergoing a metamorphosis, and I feel like that was like almost undervalued in in until like a second watch when you understand like what's going on under there. Well, I mean, they they um, if you like kind of read about the movie a little bit, or if you um, you know, look up stuff, or there was a very like specific setup for the transformation. They had stages upon stages, right? with like subsections to the stages like it was all like written out and very detailed it wasn't just like ah mm-hmm. oh, like he looks like this then he looks like this like they broke it down on like what each stage would look like it was like 1a 1b 2a 2b like yeah. all the way down to stage 7 and like what the differences were going to be why they were going to be that way like what certain things were breaking down what certain like you know um 
or whatever. So yeah, like when we first see him at the like I would say the start of Act Three after the four weeks have gone by, and he calls her, yeah, and he walks out with like the crutches and everything, looking kind of like Michael Jackson Thriller at the time. Like I, I didn't really understand why he was weaker, but I guess it was like his previous muscle structure was breaking down and his new muscle structure was, was building up. So that was like kind of like a large you know stage. I mean? Yeah. I, I, I yeah. thought that was weird too. And and that's probably, yeah, I think your theory is pretty solid on that thing. That makes the most sense to me. Cause, cause after that, yeah, he's walking on walls, right? Like he's, yeah, back to, he's super strong. He's right. Carrying, you know, yeah. yeah. He has like yeah that like that middle period where he's like kind of breaking out. He's losing his teeth, you know, because um, he doesn't need them yeah. anymore. So fucking good. That's what I was, I was like when we were going to talk about this movie. I was like, we could talk about this movie for hours. There's just so much there, and like every every frames of you know like got something to talk about. It's really just fantastic. Yeah, man. Yeah. I think the scene where what I was just referencing when like you know she sees him after the four weeks. Um, a couple things first. The fact that like when he's scared and he looks like and we don't know if it's contagious we don't know what it is at this point that she em- embraces him yeah you know that that was just so touching you know like that yeah. she's got that much compassion she truly is like in love with this guy and yeah. um you know just that level of self-sacrifice and if you notice what he says there he says help me please help me yeah i think that's a callback to the the original. To the original plot, yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. the final lines there, yeah. felt the same way you did. Like, why, why is he so weak all of a sudden? Because we know it doesn't, like, he wasn't before and he's not afterwards. But I think, like, maybe that was just also, like, we need to have this vulnerability. Like, we need to have her, like, show, like, her love, you know? And, like, him being so weak just made that scene work better. So maybe it doesn't really yeah. matter, like, that much. You know what I mean? Like, we, we could come up with an explanation and they could be like, yeah, that was what we thought. Genius. Yeah, they're like, Genius. yeah, that's what we meant. <laughs> well, we were just testing you. I'm like, really? Sexy I, vampire I can team? only have to think, you know, considering how much detail you were just telling me, that's what really made me think that's the rationale behind it because yeah. this was all so intentional. Yeah. And the next time we see, you know, she walks in is when he's up on the walls when he's like, I figured, I love when he, like, lifts up his shirt. He's like, look at this. You know what that is? <laughs> I know. You know? <laughs> he's like, I don't What's know. That? I don't know. <laughs> when he spits up on the donut and he's like oh that was so gross i'm so sorry <laughs> he's like oh that was disgusting <laughs> and then yeah. she hugs him. every other line he brings in is humor like it's like when he does the uh, like the mr wizard type video hi kids yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's see how brenda fly eats oh man i think i think that whole third act though is just Oscar worthy performance from Gina Davis, especially. She's like so tortured. Like the roller coaster that she goes on, uh, it's and how she she shows it is just phenomenal. Well, she's got to carry it at that point too, right? Because she's the only human character now at this point. Like he is a monster. It looks like we can't yeah. relate to him anymore because he's not like one of us, right? He's he's turned, but but she, but she's human, and so like the humanity only comes. Th- from her now you know when it before they had the back and forth and it was like this charming couple but now it's like she's she has to carry a lot of the emotion on her own because he's just sort of the catalyst for her feeling these things you know he doesn't really have a lot except for that moment that you talked about you know when he's like help me but 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 besides that in the ending there's not too much you know because now he starts to fucking lose it like you know he wants to have her be part of the machine because he tells her like you know i don't want to i hate to like misquote lines I, I, I never like to sort of do it in injustice, but like, I believe it was something along the lines of like, he's like, you have to go. He's like, cause I'm afraid I'm going to hurt you. 
yeah and, yeah and then like you know and the music cues up right like i mean she kind of walks yeah, away swells it, yeah. and then he he breaks down more at that point physically yeah. and mentally and he's just obsessed with basically like i don't even know what like i guess like just you know having someone else go in there like or just fuck everybody yeah, else so up. Like, what he basically what basically happened was he was playing around with the computer like how can i fix this you know how can i kind of adjust the gene pool to be more human and less fly because i consider we're 50 50 now and it's basically like cook yourself you know splice in some humans you know you know make the ratio of your dna more human than fly is the computer's suggestion and i'm paraphrasing yeah um and i don't i might be screwing up the order but i think that's kind of the rationale where he's like you know if you don't go i'm gonna hurt you you know kind of thing is it's showing that he's devolving in brutality into like like a very brutal nature, you know, no compassion is like the, you know, the line about insect politics. He's like, there's no such thing because that's not what they are. You know, they lack humanity. I do think that we have to talk about status at some point, you know, is that I do think he's a bigger character in throughout the plot of the movie than just, well, we can talk. Yeah. We we might as well talk about that now because he, he starts to play a bigger role in that too. So we can kind of like go into that now. I mean, like she finds out she's pregnant, like that, that's it, right? And so she goes to Stathis to say, like, I, I need to get rid of this. Um, you I know? need to procure a hasty abortion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, he's, like, Stathis starts out as a completely arrogant, unlikable douche. Right. You know, he's like, introduced he's just so as, like, the ex. Bravado. Yeah. He's just, but it's it's almost, like, ridiculous, you know? And there, there's a scene later on where she goes, like, you're disgusting, as always. And, like, his reaction is, is like, lighting up a cigar or something is, like, yeah it's working like he, that's like he's like quagmire you know like he's like that's that's his play that's because, his game yeah because he, he says to her he's like uh he's like all right so he's like why don't we just can we just have sex like no emotions yeah. no just to just for stress relief only that's it and she's like she's like you're just disgusting yeah that's his character 100 percent. it almost seems unrealistic but that's how that's how people talk when they've known each other like for so many years and forever yeah. like the way people actually talk in movies versus reality is, is is very very different, and I feel like they talk more like real people, just like saying ridiculously yeah. like like things like that. He's yeah, like, and for a character that's not in it that much, you know, even though we only have like a couple characters, they do give you that sense of like a pass between the two of them with things like that, you know. And I think that his big like when he starts to arc is what we're kind of zeroing in on from a few different angles is you know that. I'm pregnant with, with Seth's baby, you know? And like in that moment, you, you kind of physically see him like his humanity come in. Like he drops the bravado from, for the rest of the movie. Like he, that's the moment where he just becomes a human being where like, he literally gets down to her level. I think gets on his knee and he's like, cut his hand. Like that's his transition. And I feel like that was necessary in order to get to that, to serve as his function in the rest of the story. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, and, uh, she, she's all, he's all he, she has right now. You know, at this point. Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah. So she basically has, well, she has this dream, right? About her giving birth. And like, we think it's real yeah. because it's, it's done really yeah. well. And it's like this fucking like cocoon that comes out of her. Um, God, that, that whole scene's so brutal that he's like, yeah, you got to push it out. Yeah. He's like, like pushing on her stomach yeah, like a Play-Doh factory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah. And then you got this lava. That was Cronenberg as the doctor, right? Uh, I think so. I, yeah. I, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I remember, like, now I'm trying to pitch what he looked like. I, yeah, I'm pretty sure that was him. But, um, you know, it's a dream, right? And so, but she she still, like, goes to get it because she's petrified of what it could possibly be. 
Um, yeah. You know, as much as she loves him, she doesn't want this thing inside of her, right? He gets more involved. Uh, cause... Yeah, like she goes to try to tell him, hey, I'm pregnant, I'm going to have an abortion, but she can't get it out. You know, he threatens her and she sees the monster he's become, right. goes outside and is like, let's go, let's go get an abortion. You know, let's just get it done. Yeah. And right. he overhears that from the roof of the building. That's how he knows. Yeah. Right. He's got fly hearing. So he... <laughs> <laughs> we all know about fly hearing. Yeah, well, I did from this movie, you know, I thought flies were yeah. fucking amazing. So um, <laughs> he, he, he basically comes and like stops this map and he takes her and brings her back to uh, his place, you know, his lair. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, we got to go back to the main set. So he... those pods look amazing. The, the look of those pods is like <laughs> it holds up. I had like a notation about like design of pods. I'm like, I got to find a place to bring that up. And <laughs> I'm, I was, we... I'm glad you did because I was like, oh, I love the way they look. It's like that's such a like an '80s alien sort of you know like sci-fi look. Yeah. It's, it really like kind of like it's just the way the doors come out, even yeah. the way they lock. It the seems sound like effects. something. Yeah. Yes. Um, everything about them, I really feel like could be placed in a modern movie that came out right now and it wouldn't seem even a little bit dated. Yeah, man. I fucking, I like, I mean, it's the poster too, right? Like the poster is basically like the, you know, the pod. So they gave a shit about that look enough, right? Mm. You know, like it's, it's like, I don't know, not to sound corny. It's like another character of the movie basically. Right. So um, it's got like, he does have a, he does converse with the computer, you know, uh, aspect of it. So yeah, I, I, I really dig that. that It's, it's so eighties yet like timeless, you know, um, love it, man. Well, it plays kind of a part right in the end because uh, we'll get, we'll get to that in a few. It certainly becomes a character. (laughs) (laughs) We're kind of almost there, but yeah, so he takes her back and, um, we get our big finale and Stathis comes, you know, to rescue her. And they they fight right, and he's sort of just he 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 doesn't even like stand a chance, right? Like he comes in with a shotgun yeah. or whatever, he he grabs his arm, and he's, he comes in with a oh. shotgun, unbuilt in a suitcase. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I did not understand. He's like, I'm serious. He's and like, then he's like, building the shotgun in his apartment. <laughs> he comes with a musket, <laughs> starts putting powder in it. I, <laughs> I'm going to get like, this. Get the, he's got a flint to light the fuse. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well just bring like a giant like fly swatter and shit. <laughs> Is this how you do it? <laughs> Is this, am I doing it right? It's like fly paper. <laughs> <laughs> but um, like all he does is basically grab him and like spew like this like corrosive acid on him. And uh, I fucking love those, man. I love those scenes. Because like you could obviously tell it's like a... a a puppeted it's not a, it's not you know it's like a puppet yeah. head where they're just kind of like pouring like this like shit out of the mouth because you, you know but like yeah. the eyes are moving and stuff like it's really well done um yeah for such a brief shot it was right. really exactly. great looking you know they, they put a lot of work into right. that prosthetic very you know? quick yeah very quick but they 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 do these little things right like where like it makes sure that you're not thinking puppet 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 like they're, they're doing yeah little, because yeah. you're not looking at his head you're looking at the milky acid vomit spraying all over his hand, you know. Right, but they are like showing some kind of like movement, which they didn't have to do that because it is, like yeah. you said, it's very brief. But they do it to kind of like just subconsciously make you like, oh, like not understand what it is until you really pay attention to it, you know. And like you and I have watched mm. it a bunch of times. I don't think I picked up on that like the first couple of viewings, but I did. I'm no, like, oh, it's yeah. like a puppeted head. Okay, cool. Um, because you could just kind of tell like the, the the sizing of it or whatever, but. Um, and I guess they did that for the volume of, of spew that they wanted to come out. Yeah, right, because it wouldn't... Yeah. Because yeah. he does it, he kind of throws up on things here and there, but it's a little bit. This is like a yeah. gushing amount, like, 
melting his entire hand right then and there. Yeah. Um, and his leg too. He does his, he does a second time and melts his leg. And um, well, how he just like melts through his ankle like his yeah. foot off. Like it's so man gross. like like he's just writhing in pain. Like he plays he plays it up well because what else would you do? Your hand just got melted off and I was melting off your your foot at the ankle. Ugh. But they keep showing his hand a lot, like throughout, like the um, throughout, like this when they keep cutting away to him, like, like just like he's like he can't use the gun, right? Because he's got fucking you know one, he's got one hand now. Um, yeah, he can't he can he can't move like he's got just the use of one leg. So like the, he just like these two little like attacks or whatever to immobilize him, make him not a threat anymore, like just very efficient, you know, and and that's it, you know. But they they do show that a lot, so like they. It's a pretty good effect. He takes her. He wants to put her in the pod, basically. He wants, you know, he wants to have uh, her and their baby basically be part of his world. That's kind of like the, the the genius final move by this guy that you wouldn't think would be smart enough to, like, like fix this situation, which is, like, moments from happening. Because she's locked in the pod. He's ready to go with her. Yeah, it's seconds from happening. Yeah. You know, was, I wonder what that product would have been. You know, because based on what we saw from the theoretical technology when he just does the, the cat and the baboon in the deleted scene, I think that was before. No, no, no. That was after he had figured out, like, how to do flesh. So, and it came out like a monstrosity. So, yeah. Cause I don't think it would have gone well. <laughs> <laughs> nah, that's the whole point. I think he just would have basically killed them all. But, like, yeah. he, he's going into the other pod. She's locked in one. And now at this point, he's just shedded his skin to become like a giant fly monster um, yeah. which is fucking amazing amazing effect i like, agree rivals like american uh, werewolf in london sort of transformation where it's just you know like kind of peeling off you see like each like you know one yeah. part by one and like it really focuses on that and his eyes like are yeah. bulging and then they liquefy it's like so well done yeah you know yeah. like that the fate like the face splitting and peeling is very different than like every time i watch it I don't expect it to happen like that. That makes sense. You know, like there's so many different things happening at the same yeah, time. Yeah. Oh, it's so fucking good, man. So he goes into the other pod and re- yeah, like he's seconds away from happening. And then Stathis uh, shoots the cord <laughs> that basically connects the two. Just a real simple solution, right? Like something that like, you know, like, oh, just cut this, cut the cord and she's safe. But the, his, his end goes off and basically fuses him within the pod which makes them like basically a lump of fly monster and parts of the pod which is fucking yeah. genius and it, yeah and i did not see that until i was a little bit older like when i was sort of like a teenager or like in my 20s that like that machine that the design of the pod is embedded into his body and it's, it's so cool pretty fucking pretty brilliant honestly and like that when he's just crawling out of there in that like it really does look cool, like almost like these fins on his back and then how he's like trailing behind one of the hoses that's like he's just this worm monstrosity, this um, abomination. It's very, very well done, you know, in the way his his, his the physicality of it and the way it moves. It's like you could just tell like he's writhing in pain. You oh, know? yeah. He's, he's yeah. Miserable. Yeah. And, and I think like to the credit of him being Jeff Goldblum and the creators, like in the in the mid transformation stages of what do you want to call it, where he's more monster uh, looking than than you know than just acne, right? Like he starts to do like these facial tics and he's like twitches with his head, you know? Yeah. So at that point, you know, like okay, like these are like his like his tics would have like that. So when he's just you know like a fly monster, and then when he's like the the 
the thing at the end, like even like more of like just you know monster, just mi- they like they bring those those ticks in like to just have yeah. an association with the you know the character we know. So it's like okay, we know it's a puppet, but like the they puppet's t- still doing the like yeah. still capturing his mannerisms. It's so it's so simple that like it just picks up on a like a subconscious level. Like you know you and I break movies down a lot like in general, but like anyone watching that just immediately associates it to and and it would it wouldn't be something that's easy to pull off because it's a puppet like we all know that right like you know we don't we know that shit's not real so those little subtle things make this movie fucking brilliant yeah it really keeps you from being taken out of it yeah you know because you know they were they were limited back in the 80s by what they could show on screen and you know they had to come up with clever solutions and like the people that create things like this incredibly talented yeah. And and adding that level to it really created that feeling of suspended disbelief. You're like, yep, that's still him. And it's a brief, you know, it's not it's not a long. Uh, he doesn't have a lot of screen time in that uh, form, but they they, they carry that uh, personality through in that in that subtle way. Like the best part of the movie, I think, is just that ending scene where she comes over with a shotgun and he just puts it to his head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and, and, and I always feel yeah. fucking stupid because I'm like, it's a fucking fly monster, like it's a puppet. And yeah. Gina Davis from Earth Girls Are Easy, and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> but it's got me. It hits me, man. And 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 like for this kind of movie, like a creature effect movie, horror movie, to sort of like you know stir up like so much emotion, it's so impressive. And and that ending part, it always gets to me. Like it's just there's no dialogue. Obviously, he can't speak. Like, but says so much, right? And yeah, her reaction to killing him is fucking like it's so good. And I know it has to, sobbing. God, yeah, it, it like it, it breaks your heart. You know what I mean? Like I really think after she blows its head off, <laughs> yeah. this brundle fly pod thing, just the way it falls, I just like how the lifeless body yeah, falls. Yeah. Like it's not perfect. I can you can tell which parts are latex, but you can see that it's like articulated yeah, and like the it, arms and so shit. Much, it looks it, it really looks great. The way the head explodes and then yeah. boom. And, and like that, like we mentioned, like both of us already, like you're just getting brief scenes. They, they cut away real quick. They cut back and forth. So you're not like focused on it too long, but yeah. Boom. Credits. Yeah, like, man. That's it. They just leave you. They like, mic drop it. I can imagine. <laughs> I can't remember seeing it the first time, but imagine being in the theater and just like that happens. Yeah. I bet everybody was just like, holy shit, yeah. you know? So yeah, man. I mean, is I, I like obviously you know you and I can't say good you know enough good things about the movie. Um, it's it's fucking near perfect, man. Like it, 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 as far as this genre goes, and even outside that genre. Yeah, I, and I don't think that being a horror movie that it's um, prohibitive in any way. Like people are like oh I don't like horror movies. I'm like it's not like absolutely there's nothing in the movie that I think is absolutely disgusting or overly painful to watch. There's not arbitrary like jump scares i think it's very accessible and i really would recommend anyone check this out yeah you know that you know with the exception of maybe the super squeamish because it's just such a well, an say, amazing yeah. story and on so many levels there are there are people that like would be taken out of this movie for the visuals if they're not into yeah. that you know um yeah I think that would be the only, uh, like, you know, um, you, you have to be okay with seeing that stuff and, 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 and also appreciating it because it is part of 
the story. It's part of the romance, you know. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that, you know, anyone that can get past that and, and learn to appreciate that, you know, um, or wants to try to, this would be the movie to do it on. I always wondered, you know, is, you know, we see when he teleports, um, you know, because the door of the pod was opening and then kind of like the field, like, you know, got disrupted. And that's why he teleports with the door and the parts of the pod which that effect, by the way, and then the door fault, like it just looks great. Yeah. Um, when he teleported the the steak with the plate, how come he didn't get plate steak? Mmm, <laughs> <laughs> delicious plate steak. <laughs> She's like, uh, it tastes funny, platey. <laughs> she said synthetic, and I'm like, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> Syn- synthetic. Oh, uh, waiter, yeah, could yeah, you yeah. return this? It's very synthetic tasting. I don't it's know. It's porcelain. <laughs> porcelain meat <laughs> yeah that's an excellent point <laughs> that's, a, that's a, just a slight plot hole that's all <laughs> this is very stockany ish <laughs> everything you teleported just kind of stayed in there i thought this is actually pretty good to talk about for you know uh somewhat uh, close to valentine's day because there's a lot of romantic themes in this movie you know it's a big yes. tragedy too yeah man this... it's all about bonding yeah. bonding things together nice that's where we leave off. That's a pretty good one. That's sweet. <laughs> <laughs> um, again, anything else to say about this movie? No, I would highly recommend. It's a, it's a classic, and uh, it's a movie you can come back to and appreciate. Yeah, and I, I'm, I'm looking forward to continuing to watch it over the years. I, I think, like you said, there's a lot of things that you pick up on on multiple viewings. Um, there's a lot of uh, themes right running through it. Uh, you know, a big one we didn't really discuss is like. The fear of aging, right? The fear of just decaying. I mean, that's... Yeah. People talk about AIDS. I think he kind of came out and said, no, that really wasn't what I was intending on doing. But he's like, but if it works, it works. Uh, it, I think it was more about just, yeah. you know, uh, death and disease in general, you know? Yeah, there's a lot of things that you can get from this movie um, on multiple views or even just one, you know, if you just kind of have a more of an open mind to it. Um, yeah. Yeah, but uh, definitely check this one out. And uh, thanks for coming on, man. I had a great time talking about it with you. Hey, thank you so much for having me. It was a lot of fun. I've been uh, been looking forward to this. Yeah, uh, hopefully we could do it uh, quite a bit more. Got a lot of stuff to talk about this year. You know, try to stick yeah. a, try to stick around. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do. All right, guys. Uh, thank you guys for listening. And uh, make sure you check us out in the social medias. I call them the SoMeds. And uh, fucking good night. Good night. Bye. <laughs> Next week on Sexy Vampire Teeth Podcast. What's like the most Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie that's come out? Besides the first one, like what other one do you think was closest to like capturing like the spirit of the original movie? I would say probably the reboot, the remake. Yeah. Like they've all, most of them have had kind of defining aspect of the family, but I feel like just as far as tone goes, probably the remake had the, the closest to the first. Hey guys, if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to our podcast on Spotify and Apple iTunes. Also, you can follow us on social media. We have Twitter, and that's at Sexy Vamp Teeth. We also have Instagram at the Sexy Vampire Teeth Podcast. And if you want to follow Justin, all you that's need to me. do... Oh, you're still on the phone? Uh, I very rarely ever hang up. Tell the people where they could follow you, Justin. Well, if you want to follow me on Facebook, you can find me as Justin Tong. If you want to follow me on Instagram, you can find me jtong81. And if you want to follow me on Slasher, the horror-based social media site, you can find me at Sexy Vampire Teeth Pod.
And if you want to follow me on social media, you can't. I'm off the stuff. So if you guys want updates on the show, please follow us on our social media sites. And make sure to tune in every Monday night for a new episode. Thanks for listening, guys, and good night. So long, everybody. You've been listening to the Sexy Vampire Teeth Podcast.